Daniel 4, verses 28 to 37. All of this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, and the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power, as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken, The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox, and seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men, and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers, and his nails were like bird's claws. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation, All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are right, and his ways are just, and those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Man, Nebuchadnezzar, man, he's such an increasingly (laughs) fascinating character and person Mm -hmm. in the story of Scripture. And, you know, one, uh, one passage, I keep meaning to like tie this in, but I feel like there hasn't been a great way, hmm. but one of the phrases that is in the prophet, the book of Isaiah and that is in revelation is this, it's this chorus that sings fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting. The nature of Nebuchadnezzar and his, his, uh, whatever you want to call it, relationship with God or lack mm-hmm. thereof or response to encountering God, uh, repeatedly. He is the figurehead of Babylon. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've mentioned that Babylon is literally, it, it is the capital of Babel. Like it is directly descended from the Tower of Babel mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of the earliest one of the earliest stories of human society's rebellion against God. Mm-hmm. And so, and then the biblical story kind of traces through and where Babylon is this figurehead that really represents all of human mm-hmm. brokenness and human ambition. And the Bible project does an amazing job talking about the symbol of Babylon. And so 
we need to understand Nebuchadnezzar not as some random king of a random mm-hmm. country, but as a figurehead of this movement that is sort of the antithesis of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So Nebuchadnezzar, the loaded character that he is, um, he he goes mad mm-hmm. in today's rating. This dream that he's had comes true. You know, the dream, of course, that this a massive sort of tree of life figure that gives shade to all the animals of earth and and branches for nesting to all the birds and feeds all the people of the other earth. This tree is cut down and becomes this wild beast in the dream. And Nebuchadnezzar literally is driven to madness and is out in the wilderness. Um, Some amazingly descriptive uh, phrases about his appearance, you know, the fingernails like eagle's talons. Um, that is one that struck me <laughs> this time through very specifically. And then Nebuchadnezzar, he calls out to the Lord. He extols the greatness of God yet again. And his reason is, is restored. You know, his, his logic, his sound mind is restored. And he returns um, praising the king of heaven for all his works and saying his ways are just um, and that those who walk in pride he's able to humble so it's like he's back on the right page mm-hmm. and uh, I bet you $20 Jeremy that it's not going to stay that way <laughs> but for now what are your thoughts on Nebuchadnezzar's um, humiliation and restoration yeah um, and in case you for some reason don't know we're in the book of Daniel, and Daniel interpreted this dream, and then it happened. Um, in case you're just joining us randomly, but so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going to reference back to the beginning, right before he had the dream, yeah, or at least before the the record of the dream, before Daniel uh, interprets it. Back in chapter four, verse three, you know, there's this kind of prologue to this whole chapter, mm-hmm. and Nebuchadnezzar does a similar thing that he just does after his like restoration. Um, it's it's like a song type thing and he says how great are his signs how mighty his wonders his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion endures from generation to generation and so he says actually like the very same thing for his kingdom for his dominion is an everlasting dominion his kingdom endures from generation to generation so the thing that's interesting to me is that it continues and it it has a, a human word uh, focus mm-hmm. that it didn't have before. Mm. Um, Interesting. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. Mm. It, it's it sounds even the last part actually is like very amazing because he's mm. basically saying none can stay his hand, like none can do anything against what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Not only that, we can't even question what God wants to do <laughs> or say to him, "What have you done?" Mm. Like. He's just, I think it, it's it's a very humble mm-hmm. like response yeah. added to the like praise of his mm-hmm. might and his mm-hmm. power. And before he was, you know, he was pretty happy with the Most High God. Yeah. And <laughs> um, the things that he had done for him in like a ma- powerful and mighty kind of way. Mm-hmm. But now he's praising him in a humble way. And again, I mean, you know, I'm, I've read the Bible enough to know not to take your bet. 
about <laughs> uh, the, the, the rest of Nebuchadnezzar's life. But at least in this moment, we are seeing like praise because of how God has humbled him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think you're dead on because Nebuchadnezzar's, the way he relates to God, it's similar to kind of like old Kanye's relationship to God where it's like, <laughs> I love God, I'm a friend of God, and I'm I'm the man too. <laughs> um, not stated so cleanly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there is this like interesting humiliation mm-hmm. theme. And, you know, I do think that the the lesson that just to me is screwing off the pages from Nebuchadnezzar's life is that it is all too possible to encounter God and to know true things about God mm-hmm. and to not walk with God. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what we are going to see time and time again with Nebuchadnezzar is he is continually learning more about God. He's continually encountering God in more and more real and more and more powerful ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yet, because his relationship with God is built basically upon forced experience mm-hmm. and, you know, forced like subjection to the power of God, he, he does not, he is not a person of God. He's mm-hmm. not a son of God, mm-hmm. nor does it seem that he, he strives to be, you know, mm-hmm. and he, it's interesting his these little courses that he breaks out into they really remind me of um the book of job and job's friends and you know you'll read these whole chapters that are job's friends speaking and it sounds just ripped straight out of the psalms like it sounds very reverent and right like they have a right view of god right understanding of god but their application of their view of god is wrong Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think oftentimes when we know much about God and, you know, are misapplying it, it's because we're missing really the Shema, the foundational commandment from Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, the other day I read Micah 6, 8. What does the Lord require? But do justice, love, Mm -hmm. kindness, walk humbly with God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in those ways, the the act of walking with God is far less intellectual and knowledge driven. You know, Jesus says that God has hidden these things from the wise and understanding and given them to little children. Mm -hmm. And it's far more humility and trust driven. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought up the Micah passage again, because you brought that up when we were at the beginning of chapter four and like yeah it's like 100% like god is powerful he is mighty 100% we are nothing like in comparison to him it's like check check but like you're saying like you know the end of what daniel said though with his interpretation was okay in light of all this daniel doesn't even seem to think when he interpreted the dream that like after the dream comes to pass that it's going to be totally the end of Nebuchadnezzar Mm. Um, because he's kind of, he, you know, maybe he doesn't totally know, but he does say this thing that's still applicable post uh, the fulfillment of the dream, the fulfillment Mm. of the judgment. And that is, O King, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness, 
and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed. Like Mm -hmm. there is still this, like in light of knowing who God is, knowing who you are, that you need to respond. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's true of what you're saying in terms of walking with God, like God demands uh, repentance. Jesus came, he said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so we, we need to repent of our sin, trust in him Mm -hmm. and, and love him. And when Mm -hmm. you love him, you know, the Bible is clear, like it leads to good works. It Mm -hmm. leads to works of, of mercy Mm -hmm. uh, for the oppressed. You know, you will, you will lay down your life uh, for others. Like that is what it means to be a Christian um, because you know what God has done for you. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see whether or not Nebuchadnezzar continues (laughs) with what Daniel gave him counsel to do. But mm-hmm. we know that's what he's calling him to do. Absolutely, and he's on—he's in a place where he could. <laughs> yep, you know, it's—it's yep. it's entirely possible. Yeah, you know, I've said a few times that these words of Nebuchadnezzar, these little poems that are included, sound like they're ripped straight out of the Psalms, which is true. But in, in the spirit of what we're saying, um, there's something that we see throughout the Psalms, throughout these godly prayers and songs that were given, mm-hmm. that we don't see in Nebuchadnezzar. We don't see and Joe's friends. And there are a million examples that I could pull, but the one my mind gravitated towards was Psalm 32, seven. Mm-hmm. You are a hiding place for me. Mm-hmm. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. You know, there's this posture of, you know, declaring God's glory. Absolutely. And our, you know, the, the, smallness and insignificance of man in comparison to God. Absolutely. But the missing link is realizing that God wants to surround you with shouts of deliverance. God will surround you with shouts of deliverance. He he will, his mercy and goodness will follow you. Mm-hmm. He will hem you in before and behind, you know, mm-hmm. all these moments. And it's that idea uh, from John 14, abide in my love. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, yes, that, the it is so paramount and, and so so important to recognize the glory and grandeur of God. So I'm not demeaning that, but it sets us up for the awe and wonder of that God loves us. Yeah, that we would be welcomed into relationship with Him, that yeah. covenantal relationship that Daniel has, but Nebuchadnezzar doesn't seem to. And that is what Jeremy Brooks calls the inevitability of God. <laughs> Coming to to Barnes & Noble this spring. (laughs) So, for Jeremy Brooks, this is Will Carlisle, and we're going to continue on through Daniel tomorrow. And until then, we'll see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.